Well, hey there. Welcome to In the Growth Space. This is the show for business owners and leaders who have a thirst for growth. My name is David McGlennon, and I'm your host. I want to say thank you for listening in. Now, if this is your first time listening, first of all, welcome. Um, thank you so much for, for tuning in, and I just hope that you'll subscribe. This podcast is really all about growth, business growth, team growth, personal growth. And on this episode, do you ever feel like pulling the emergency brake on your life or your career, but you're afraid of the results? Does the fast pace of life sometimes make you feel like you're going to crash? Well, our guest today, Erin Hallecky, has been there. She's reinvented her career six times and counting. She's worked in Silicon Valley. She's been a startup entrepreneur. She's taught yoga. She's provided transformational coaching to career women. And through it all, she's discovered that each time you feel a crash coming on, it's not happening to you but rather it's happening for you. And when you accept that, you can cruise into the change with grace. She has a groundbreaking new book titled Your Emergency Break, and she shares her own story of pulling her emergency break and how you can do the same thing when needed. I just got done reading the book, and it is a great book. It's well-written. Uh, she tells some great stories. She's very vulnerable in this book. And let me tell you just a little bit about who Erin Hallecky is. First of all, she is, as I said earlier, an ex-Silicon Valley corporate ladder climber, and she's turned spiritual entrepreneur. She's on a mission to bridge the gap between consciousness and capitalism. She's a transformational coach that creates powerful and lasting shifts for her clients through a variety of modalities, programs, and events. She's smart. She's got her MBA from University of California, Davis, and she's in tune with her spiritual side. She's a yoga teacher, and she's also my friend. So I want to welcome Erin to the show, and let's get into this conversation about her book, Pulling Your Emergency Break. This is a great conversation and one in which I think there are a lot of people right now needing to hear. So let's get into that conversation. Well, hey, Aaron, welcome to In the Growth Space. I am really excited about this conversation, really excited to be here. Yeah, I am too. I always enjoy chatting with you. You are just a really big inspiration for me. So thank you for having me here. Oh, gosh, it's, it's my pleasure. So I know that you just wrote a book, your first book. I'm almost done with it. It's amazing. And, and it really caught my attention because it, it really touches on a subject that I believe a lot of leaders and a lot of people in today's world need. And so the title of the book is Emergency Break. And I, I guess the first thing I'd like to start off with is like, how did you get that idea, the, the emergency break and like pulling your emergency break? Yeah, excellent question. You know, I think that it's kind of like part marketing and then also part, wow, this really fits exactly what happens when you pull an emergency brake. Yeah. So, so the visual for me is like back in the dark ages when cars actually had like handbrakes, right? right, <laughs> right, right. So that idea of being able to switch something's momentum mm -hmm. with a lever. And so I kept thinking about like, what are the ways that we relate to ourselves and what are our levers? And 
for me, the biggest changes in my life came when I actually took a pause and I took some time to actually assess where I wanted to go next. And so I thought about that and I was thinking, well, if I wanted to shift directions, you know, shifting gears in the car is one thing that's like velocity, but then if you really wanted to shift directions, that brake is what comes in handy. And so that's, that's kind of how it came together. And of course I was part of this book mastermind at the time and they're all asking you, well, what's your title? What's your title? And it just, it just dropped through like your emergency brake. And originally I thought it would be B R E A K like take a break. Oh yeah. But then I thought, you know, let's just keep it because I I don't know how people hear things, you know, and so type them in on the internet. So I was like, I'll just keep it with the normal break. And so that's that's how it came to be. And it's a very powerful image in my mind. Mm -hmm. And with that intention, I believe that it'll be for others as well when they see that. Yeah, I I agree. And it's so funny because you used the word picture, the the story about, you know, drifting, you know, and using the, the emergency break and I could so relate to that. Not that I've ever done that or not anything like that before, no, but no, of course not. <laughs> of course the, you know, uh, highway patrolmen listening at all. What's up? Right. <laughs> yes. No, no, no. Never done that. I've been on my good behavior always, of course. Yes, right? of course. <laughs> yes. Right. Well, you know, one of the concepts that you talked about in the book, and I guess I'd really love to hear you kind of like pull this out just a little bit more because there's a concept of culture of doing mm-hmm. versus a culture of being. And I know that for some leaders, this is going to be kind of a challenging thought process because let's say Western society, we're all about our to-do list and our action items. And I guess, how did you come up with this idea of the culture of doing versus the culture of being? And and then like explain what that is. And then maybe like, how do we get out of that? Well, first and foremost, it's not really a a get out as much as an integration. You know, Mm, I have a foundation in yogic stuff. I teach Kundalini yoga. And and for me, that really came through with the idea of like integrating the different parts of our lives. And there's a lot of different energies out there that Mm. I really feel that I didn't have words around it at the time, but I could Mm. feel the pressure and the discomfort within my own experience. Then when I started to understand what was going on, I realized that it's this idea between like the structure and the actual flow of what's going on. Mm. And so like the structure, as some people are calling it like masculine type energy and the flow would be more sure. like the feminine. But sure. this idea of like, when you're doing things, you're creating in a structure. And when you're in that flow, there's a way that you're being, you know, mm. are you resistant or are you open? Mm-hmm. And what I realized about myself was that in my experience, I realized that when I was doing, I was running myself out energetically. I didn't even mm. understand what was happening at the time. I just mm. was feeling unfulfilled. Right. And what I realized was missing was like, how was I being with the flow of what I was creating? Mm. So to me, it's like this integration piece where there is a spot that we can reach. And the spoiler alert is it's not a one shot deal. You know, (laughs) like you you get to experience things in order to build that wisdom that you can know the difference between what works for you and what doesn't. Mm -hmm. And the most important part of that that I believe gets overlooked and supports the culture of doing is actually asking ourselves, like, how did I feel in that experience? Mm -hmm. And if we feel like it's not so great, we we make excuses like, oh, it's okay for me to stay here, you know? And I, I heard something recently was so powerful and I'll share it, that there's a difference between living in emergency and urgency. Oh, what I liked about this was that when you're living in emergency, it's not that everything blowing up around you, it's actually you're stockpiling things like, I'll get to that later. I'll do that later. And what that does is it builds up a future emergency. So you're living in a way of like, you're not acknowledging what is happening. 
<laughs> and then it gets to a point where like, God, I wish that I would have spent time with my spouse so that they didn't cheat on me. God, I yeah. wish that I would have spent time with my kid because now they they really have this terrible story they've created about how I showed up as a parent, mm-hmm. you know, whatever it might be. And, and so many yeah. of us get stuck in this and I believe relate to different elements of this. But, mm-hmm. but on the other side of that is kind of like, okay, urgency. Well, urgency has to do with choosing an alignment with something that matters to you because you're living as though your yeah. life matters, number mm-hmm. one, which I think our culture also has some weirdness around, you know, where sure. but yeah. your life matters and other people are associated with that. So they are impacted by you. And mm-hmm. so when you're living in like a purposeful and impact driven way, mm-hmm. you're in urgency. But I think yeah. sometimes people think urgency is like, I'm going to put the pressure on. And it's mm. actually about like pausing and being like, is this aligned for me or not? Yeah. So I'm choosing going forward to live in urgency because it's important that I live from a place where I'm choosing things that serve how I feel in situations. And while there are certain things that become unavoidable, choosing to be responsible for kind of diffusing that time bomb, right? Mm -hmm. Like I don't want to live in emergency. Emergency is really catastrophic and destructive. And the same thing applies to organizations. You know, the more that they're not dealing with whatever elephants in the room. Mm -hmm. And and that to me, you know, you asked it, how did it come to be? But, Mm -hmm. you know, when we're really young, we're put in school and we're told to create things. And then we are judged and valued based on, you know, what we're creating and what we do. And so it's really deeply ingrained. And I put that in the book at the very beginning, like, you know, why do we need to be so special? Mm -hmm. What is the specialness of the doing? Mm -hmm. And what does it really get us in the end? If in the end, we've been creating this structure that in the inside is hollow. And that's where that beingness of like, how do I actually feel while I'm doing this matters? You know, you tell kids, you have play this instrument or do that sport. And then, you know, at the end, it's like, did they really have a fun time or were they just doing it because they knew that that would like not invoke the wrath of the parent or whoever, right? Yeah, yeah. You know, it's interesting because as you were sharing that, one of the things that came to my mind was our culture today is a lot of this go, 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 and be involved in all of these different activities. I I think of, you know, kids today, you know, they're in soccer and they're in swimming and they're going from this practice to that recital and that rehearsal and this and that. And, And I think that we have to pause and ask ourselves why we're doing those things. And I think that what I'm getting from your book is just the power of pausing, the power of stopping and really being thoughtful and intentional about the alignment of our lives, our, our work, and, and everything that we're doing. Because, you know, you use that word alignment. And I love that because if we're not aligned with our work, then we're not going to be fulfilled. And I just think that that's so important. And that's really one of the reasons why I wanted to have you on, because I think this is a such an important and powerful concept for leaders to grab hold of that it's not all about doing it's a, it's really yeah. about being yeah well i can tell you lots of horror stories because i grew up in silicon valley i mean this is like the place where yeah. a lot of innovation spurs and all the big names the apples the googles cisco's yeah um, oracle all these huge companies right twitter uber all of it right mm-hmm. and what i found was that busyness it's almost like business and busyness it's yeah. like Right. You know, like yeah, right, right. <laughs> a lot of noise, a lot of things going on. And then there was this kind of like subconscious rat race going on, like, well, I'm going to outdo you to outdo you to outdo you. And it's like, to what effect? Right. Mm-hmm. Always yeah. asking that question of myself, like, why did I not fit in that environment? You know, yeah. what was really like the friction that I was running up against? But the funny part is that when you're in it, you can't see clearly. 
You cannot see clearly, but you can feel. And what I was feeling was this tremendous discomfort with certain things that were happening, whether it was like tone at the top, you know, kind of toxic culture work environment or the idea that there was a lack of integrity within the ranks. You know, my colleagues and coworkers, this idea that Mm. like, well, it's good enough. So I'm just going to leave it here and I'm not going to go farther or I'm not going to be honest about the situation just to save face. And all that time, this is what I mean. I didn't have words on it, but but that's the integrity that was missing for me because Mm -hmm. my authentic self was like, "Mm, something's not right here, but I couldn't quite detach myself from the material of like in the Silicon Valley area, you need a lot of money to survive. Right. Right. I mean, you need at least like 125 K at least a couple of years ago as a single person to survive, you know, it was like, that's pressure. That's a lot of pressure. But what I found was that I would go places and and my escapism was travel, you know, and I'd be out there for like two weeks, wherever I'd go, or maybe just a couple of days and notice a change. And it was subtle. And Mm. that's the reason that the pause is so important because you can miss it. You can really miss these little like telltale signs that something's not right. Mm -hmm. If you're so much in what you described, like onto the next and onto this and onto that. And when people think about things like self-worth, it's like, they don't even think they're worth 30 minutes of pausing during the day to meditate or to exercise or to whatever. So there is a larger implication of this. It's not just the doing of the work, but it's also in doing things for ourselves that would allow us to be better people. And, and in Silicon Valley, right. I came down to, I live in San Diego, by the way, that's the context. Every time I came down here, I noticed something that like I had this space and all of a sudden Uh it was quiet. And, and I kept thinking, I need to be down there. I need to be down there. Something's Mm -hmm. calling me here. Mm -hmm. And the the first six months I lived down here, it really opened up for me Mm. that I didn't need to be sitting in back-to-back traffic. I didn't need to be driving to all sorts of places. I could actually focus on connecting with other human beings because here I was in a new place needing that, right? You know, networking or whatever. And so it gave me this time to really figure out who was I in these situations. Yeah, I love that. And you also, you've talked a little bit today about, and and you share this in your book too, about just uh, being aware of our energy and, and how we use our energy. And it's something that I believe is, it's, it's really our only renewable resource, really, honestly, is our, is our energy. And so how do we become aware of that? How do we become aware of how we're using our energy? And then, you know, as you say in the book, you know, put that emergency break on so that we can make some changes if we need to. Yeah. So the idea with the energy is historically humans have been evolving with this thing called a nervous system, (laughs) you know, it's kind of designed to keep us safe. And I talk about this in the book that like you have to develop different relationships with parts of your human beingness. They don't call it human doingness for a reason. There's a a beingness to this. And so if your, if your nervous system is charged up to the effect of like fight, flight, freeze, Mm -hmm. right. You're in a response pattern. You're not in a resting pattern. Mm-hmm. then that really is hard to sustain over a long time. And that's why people are in states of inflammation and stress. You know, nice. like the idea of dis-ease is like not in a comfortable state. You're yeah. in a nervous system response state. Mm-hmm. And and when I think about things like yoga, I used to think it was such a joke. I was like, well, I'm not going to be some little, you know, boho string bean <laughs> and the Lululemon and whatever. I was like, that's not me. But I realized as soon as I started practicing it, that it's so much more, you know, there's a lot more getting in tune with who you are. And the gateways to that are breath work and focused intention and posture mm. 
And even mantra, you know, whether Mm. you're saying it, speaking it or chanting it, super powerful because it's activating within the the innate intelligence of your body (laughs) to regulate the nervous system. So when I realized that there was something that I could do that would allow me to be better and and for each person it'll be different. Maybe it's dancing, you know, maybe it's just taking a walk outside in nature, but there are different ways to to kind of temper down the resistance in our nervous system that would open up that contemplative or restful space for us to actually feel Mm. what we're feeling. Because if we're going, 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 or if we're in that triggered response, there will be no like actual processing. You know, people talk a lot about PTSD and I just want to make one plug here. Yeah. There's a mentor of mine I love who says PTSR. It's a response. It's a post-traumatic mm. stress response. So yeah. I think about it like if we're in constant stress, 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 this is why people snap when they're like bulking up all this stress. You know, yeah. for me, I see it as like, how can I head that off at the pass? Mm-hmm. And if you don't even think that you're worth that, then you're just like, well, I am worth a catastrophic blow up in my life. Yeah. You know, I don't think people really yeah. want to opt into that. That's kind of my message yeah. behind the book is like, yeah. you can get a little bit ahead of that and understand energetically. And I'm talking like cellular level energy, mm-hmm. this is why people's thyroids slow down. This is why people's metabolism slow down in, in general, yeah. because they're combating so much stress, not just from the pollutants in the air, but from self-induced stress of the environments they're choosing to be in and operate in, you know, nine to 12 hours a day. Yeah, so that's yeah. a different kind of diet that most people aren't considering. And mm-hmm. I think only in maybe the recent like years, maybe five to 10 years have people even started acknowledging that it's okay to do yoga on a regular basis. Right. You know? Yeah, like, right. Kind of silly, right. You know, but that's been around for what, like 50, 60 years. Yeah. Here in the West. Right. right in the West. Yeah. I was going to say, you know, in the thousands East, of years. thousands of years. Yeah. 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 You know, figure something's been around thousands of years. Maybe it has some gravity. You know, yeah, maybe, maybe. Yeah, there's there's something to it. Well, and I and I also like the fact that you talk about you know it, it it may be different for other people, like you said, you know, like dancing or or maybe singing or or whatever running. I know people that love exercise. That's kind of their way to decompress. And and quite frankly, that was my way for a long time. It was. Yeah being able to, to run and cycle and, and being allowing that energy to flow through me through physical exercise. But I think to me, that's the, one of the messages is that we've got to find that way, whether it's through yoga, whether it's through exercise or journaling or singing or dancing or whatever, yeah. to be able to find that way to be able to um, make those pauses, right? Yeah, absolutely. And I used to do a lot of endurance events. I was a triathlete for a period of time. And I know we've talked yeah. about this in other yeah. things we've talked about, but for me, it became this thing of, to what effect? Am I doing it because I'm treating myself well, or am I doing it because I think I need to? And I think yeah. that that's a good distinction, especially with exercise, because what I found was that, yes, exercise took me a little bit away from whatever I was avoiding, mm-hmm. but it didn't really get me too much from here into here. Yeah, that's and a good so point. in order to do that, for myself, I found that it needed to be something a little bit more like you think about COVID. COVID's a great example. Yeah. A lot of us were forced to be at home or to be in certain situations that we may have otherwise been avoiding, you know, yeah. like being alone with yourself. Right, right. <laughs> That's a key one. You know, there's a lot of people that kind of, I mean, you know, for lack of a better term, chose out, you know, yeah. and it was very sad because if you think about it, if you don't even like being with yourself or you can't manage, you know, yourself mm-hmm. in some way by yourself. Mm-hmm. How can you be for other people? How can you be for your job? You right. know, because at that point you're just stamping things off the production line. And yeah. in that space of not needing to like quote be somewhere or do something, 
that's the that's the space where you can really ask like who am i mm -hmm. at the core yeah. and i've read several books and i've done lots of workshops and i've done transformational work and all kinds of stuff but what i found was that it was in the spaces in between that there's there's actually opportunity to just let go because you're unattached to it being a certain way. Like I don't need to be in a perfect runner's form. I don't need to just go yeah. eight miles today. I don't need to, you know, yeah. I can just sit here on the ground or on a park bench and have even five minutes yeah. and breathe. Right. Because that's like the basic human beingness. Like human beings weren't built to run marathons. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> yeah. we, we've created that opportunity for ourselves, but right. you know, it, it's like, how does the nervous system respond to that over time? I mean, spoiler alert on that one, it creates inflammation. So, right, you know, right yeah, right? exactly. And yeah. these that don't like you very much when you get in a little yes, I, older place. place now. <laughs> yeah. yeah, my right um, knee specifically. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's so interesting that you share that too, because it's taken me a really, really long time to be able to get to that place because, you know, something that you said just triggered a thought because. I know that like in my triathlon days, I would have a, a, a training plan and that training plan said, yeah, I'm going eight miles today. And rarely, if ever, did I vary from that because of the way I was feeling. And it really, I think, is important for us as leaders. And I'm, I'm talking to our audience right now because I, I know there's a lot of people like me who are listening. We're achievers. We love to achieve and we love to do things. But I have to say that the older I've gotten and the more uh, more awareness that I've I've seen and grown in, that it's really important to pay attention to our bodies, pay attention to the emotions, and really like how we feel. And, and it's interesting. You, you, there's a quote that I wanted to share from your book that I, I thought is so so good, and especially as it relates to growth. So I, it, it says, "quote." To break through into new levels of growth, expansion, and increased success, we need to get in touch with how we feel at work and at home. And I love that. I think that that's so important. And that's really what I think, as I see it, probably the heart of the book, maybe it's just for me, but I think it's so important for leaders to do that. Yeah. And I think you've touched on another point in there that's really huge for me personally was realizing that there's kind of three legs to the stool. There's like what I do for myself. There's what I do in the world. And then there's what I do for kind of like the great beyond. Right. Yeah. There's like these these legs of the stool. And, and what you're saying, like people get to choose what what lights them up. For me, that's the in the spirit of that's the inspiration. Yeah. That's for me, the spirituality part of this, mm. where like I'm on this mission to bridge this consciousness of who we are with what we're doing. So like the consciousness mm. and the capitalism can meet. And mm. when we're coming in, in with a way of being that honors both and or all of those things, yeah. we are not coming from a place of people pleasing and subservience. You're coming to be in contribution. And yeah. contribution implies that there's like this exchange of value. Mm -hmm. It's not just about servitude. Like I'm here to just take my check and run, right. you know, like I, I always think about like, what, what do people say? Like I, I work to live. I don't live to work. Yeah. Right. Well, what if you did live to be, you know, like yeah. just live to show up every day in a way that was like playing full out. And in a, in an organizational sense, I think this is where you were asking earlier, how do we, how do we shift it? Mm -hmm. There needs to be this crossing of the fear threshold of showing up that way as okay. There's not a psychological yeah. safety established in, in mass enough, mm -hmm. uh, although there's movement. There is movement. Right. 
where right. people are starting to be like my boss used to call it showing up in the well-lit room and, you know, being okay with it. Yeah. You know, people don't want to shine lights on the dark places of like jealousy or envy or especially communications, like managing expectations. That's a big thing. You always talk about like the speak straight conversation. I love yeah. that. Yeah. It's like my right. favorite thing you talk about because <laughs> those have been some of the most powerful conversations I've had professionally mm. and they are like few and far between. Yeah. What would it look like if we started taking that risk to start creating the evidence that we can do those things like be honest, be authentic and not die, you know, because based on whatever our trauma pattern is, you know, that we keep attracting into our life from like age eight until wherever you are on the scale, you know, it's like there's going to be a response that you have to heading in that direction. Like, well, that's the story I've created that when I go there, this happens, but Mm. to create something new, you need to be able to be like, up until now, that's what's happened. And I'm choosing to cross. And then you gather, you know, a new experience without, without that experience of something beyond what you know, and mm-hmm. that's what, you, that, that's the growth space, right? You know, yeah. that's the growth oh. mindset. So exactly. leaders talk a lot about this and I hear a lot of talking, but I don't see a lot of walking. And yeah. so that's my stand is to be like, you know, I'm going to walk this way. And yeah. I realize it's going upstream. Like I totally yeah. oh, I know. that. But for me, it's worth it because I sacrificed all that inside of me that was just like so hollow and dead. Mm -hmm. And now to know the vibrancy and the joy that it brings to really know that people can trust, they can contribute at higher levels. It's like, who wouldn't want that in their organization? Productivity goes up, profits go up, customers are happy. You know, it's not just like the dun, the dun, the dun, the dun. Yeah, exactly. Gosh, Aaron, yeah, you have just uh, opened up a whole topic I think is so important for business leaders, business owners to really recognize. And that is that when they can help their people really come alive at work and be fulfilled and be in alignment with their true purpose, that contributes to the bottom line growth of the organization. And that bottom line growth is really all about being able to continue to up level and level and play that infinite game that 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 Simon Sinek talks about and and continuing to play because profit is not a bad word it's a thing that we need to be able to keep fueling our next levels and and really to succeed in fulfilling our mission so there's so much that you said there was was so good the one thing that i wanted to to come back to for a second is And this was a quote, and I pulled this out because I wanted to go here. The quote is that uh, the possibility of massive awareness and awakening usually lies beyond our comfort zone. It's funny that we have to leave our comfort zone to find self-awareness. And, you know, I love that. I, I talk to our emerging leader group all the time about getting outside of your comfort zone. And it sounds great. And when you see these little memes, you know, get outside of your comfort zone, you know, life begins outside of your comfort zone. It's true, but it sucks. I mean, it's not fun, right? It's not pleasant. Yeah, it's it's definitely uncomfortable for sure. I always think about there's a great little clip of David Bowie talking about this. He's like, you got to swim out far enough where your feet barely touch the ground and you're still not far enough. You need to go just a little farther because you need to be able to feel like you're not in control. And the only, Mm -hmm. the only way that like you can surrender that is if you trust yourself, which is another foundation in the book that I propose is that, you know, a lot of the faith that we're building in our lifetime is the faith we have in us to survive or to thrive. And if we don't even believe it's possible for us to go beyond that zone, Mm -hmm. we'll never go, you know, so Mm -hmm. you need to like, you know, throw pennies in the wishing well every once in a while and just see kind of how it lands. (laughs) And the wishing well is okay. Like that's another thing I talk about is the idea that 
a lot of us don't imagine the future, you know, like now, because if we're not imagining it now, there's a good chance that it might never be because we'll be really comfortable where we're at. Right. Right. And we're only think within our box and not outside of it. Yeah. Yeah. What are some things that either practices that you can suggest or, or things that leaders who are listening can do to get outside of their comfort zone and really gain that self-awareness? What, you know, a couple of things that you can, yeah. you can bring to, yeah. to the conversation? Yeah, at least uh, two things. The first thing is uh, powerfully ask for feedback and be really mm. focused and intentional to receive it without exposing a triggered response. Meaning, meaning like practice being neutral in the exchange of feedback. And it's great to give it. I think a lot of us love to give feedback, especially negative feedback. It's always, you know, because you know what it does is it bolsters the sense of ego that keeps us safe, right? So so really allow yourself to be vulnerable and ask your team or teams for honest feedback. Now, there are a lot of, you know, mechanisms out there and tools and quizzes and whatever, but this needs to be like a one-on-one type of conversation where they can see that you're safe and experience you in a safe way that they can openly, honestly share and be curious, ask them, that's interesting. I would like to know more about that. Tell me more. So it doesn't need to be like emotionally charged. It could be an inquiry and, and see how you relate in that space. And if stuff comes up for you, you know, this is the second piece is realize that there, there are some positive things to stuff like shadow work, because it is Mm -hmm. not so much to discover all the grungies, but sometimes to recognize that there's this human potential zone that we may be like denying the existence of, but we have it within ourselves somewhere, even if it may not be active. Mm -hmm. And this idea of like, you know, whoever triggers you the most, (laughs) you know, they're a great reflection of something that you're just really uncomfortable with or that you don't want to accept about yourself. And in that space, you can actually come to peace with the fact that it's okay to have whatever that is. Mm-hmm. And it, it over time, it's not instantaneous, but over time it will start to lessen the charge because you're aware of what's going on. So these are two ways to powerfully start to shift your awareness and your reactions to things like very powerfully, right? Yeah. Feedback and then just noticing how you feel in certain people's presence and what triggers you. Yeah, that's that's so good, Aaron. I think that's so important. And I think it's two very practical ways that we as leaders can begin to put this into practice and really be intentional with, you know, getting outside of our comfort zone and and, and being able to become aware. So yeah, thank you for sharing that. That's that's Absolutely. awesome. Well, I, I know that we're getting close to the end of our time together, but what else haven't we talked about that you'd like to share? with the audience to, uh, and I'm going to ask you to make sure that we know how to get in contact yeah. with you and connect with you. But what about anything in the book that we haven't touched on that you really want to make sure that that the listeners get so that we can really feel like this has been a complete uh, conversation? I feel like we've touched in on a lot of things, but I just want to round out maybe with what we were just talking about, different relationships we get to develop. And so One of the things is that when you become a leader and you will be growing and experiencing this kind of bleeding edge of stuff, cutting edge Mm -hmm. of stuff, your relationship with fear and anxiety gets to change. And so there's a whole chapter of that in the book. It's fantastic. But, you know, there's even a story of me cliff jumping in there. So get ready for that. Oh, yeah. And like, you know, literally blinded by fear moment. And that's that's a great story, by the way. I I just have to interject here and stop you for a second, because. As you were telling that story, I literally could feel my heart starting to race and starting to feel that anxiety. First of all, it was a beautifully told story. 
because of, because of that, because I felt the emotion. It was awesome. But yeah, that's a great, great story. Sorry to interrupt you. But. Yeah, no, you know, actually, that's one of the few parts of the book that the editor kept mostly intact. So it's good to know that I'm a decent storyteller. But Absolutely. you know, that piece for me of like being able to affirm myself through the fear experience, yeah. Yeah. that's really powerful for leaders because there will be a lot of unknowns. And so if we can make peace with the unknown, which we're usually afraid of, or, you know, anxious about people don't like the word fear, whatever, yeah, you know, sure. <laughs> yeah. and there's my people pleaser, right? Right, you know? right? That's the idea of like, can you really develop new relationships with your body? Can you develop new relationships with your reactions? Yeah. Can you develop new relationships with the unknown? Mm-hmm. Gosh, you know, that's so, that's, that's a great place to end the conversation because I think it's so important to be able to step into our fear and to be able to press in and through it so that we can then on the other side of it, become aware and, and really expand our, our comfort zone. So good stuff, Aaron. Okay. So tell everybody how they can get a hold of the book, number one, yeah. and then number two, how do they get in touch with you if they want to get uh, some more information? Yeah. Well, if they want a signed copy, they go to youremergencybreak.com. Otherwise, it's available on uh, Amazon in Kindle and print version. Nice. And then, you know, to get in touch with me, just go to erinhallicky.com and you can register. I have a grounding meditation for free on there. Just register your email and you'll hear from me on a semi-regular basis. I'm, I'm targeting nice. one email a week, nice. uh, really Love heart-centered. It. You know, for me, everything's heart-centered. And so, yeah. you know, whatever come up comes up for you, I'm always interested in sharing experiences with people like totally... Yeah totally cool for you to go in and book if you want any kind of breakthrough session with me to just even talk something out. Because for me, it's really about the give. Yeah. Always about the give. To be able to give somebody a new perspective, that's power. And if I could give that away for free in perpetuity, I would, but I'm happy <laughs> to give you uh, 15 to 30 minutes of my time. So yeah, yeah the book, youremergencybreak.com. You can find me erinhallicky.com and uh, the book's also on Amazon. I love it. Aaron, thank you so much for the gift of your time. I'm so appreciative. And thanks again to just for your, your friendship. I know that, yeah. you know, it, we've gotten to know each other over, uh, I don't know, I guess it's been a couple of years now yeah, because years. I was on your summit at one point. And um, so I, I'm just really grateful for that and grateful for the relationship and congratulations on the book. W- well done. Well done. Thank you. Yeah, no, really appreciate it. It really was like a, it was a moment for me when I hit bestseller in like seven out of eight categories, like number one too, not just like on the list. And I'm thinking to myself like, gosh, you know, something in me has shifted now to create this kind of result in my life. And for me, it's about sharing like, what is that like for each person? And so that's my hope with this book. It's my hope with conversations like this. So thank you so much for having me here and to the audience. Thanks for listening. My pleasure. Thank you. Well, I hope that you enjoyed that conversation as much as I did. Erin is just really an amazing uh, writer and uh, she's an amazing uh, coach as well. And a couple of the things that I got from the conversation were just this idea of the culture of doing versus a culture of being and really being able to integrate all of the parts of our lives The other thing that I thought was really important, especially as it comes to growth for many leaders, and I will absolutely say that this is probably more specifically to the male leaders who are listening, and that is this area of getting in touch with our feelings, getting in touch with our emotions and the energy that's in motion within us. I think that that's an area that is an an area of growth for all of us. I know that it it has been for me, and uh, I I know that this has been an area that I've had to, to work on in my growth and my growth journey. 
The other thing that she said I, I really thought was important is this: the, the difference between living in urgency or living in emergency. And the fact that urgency means that we're living in alignment with our intentionality and we want to make an impact. And that emergency is just we're doing, doing, doing. We're just trying to get things done fast. And I think the urgency component is really important for us as leaders to be able to be urgent and in alignment with our mission and our vision and our values. And so I I just want to ask you, do you need to take a pause? Do you need to pull your own emergency break? Are you choosing to stay in constant stress? And I just want to encourage you to find your way to to pause and allow yourself time to to just evaluate where your energy is flowing and and how to get realigned if it's necessary. Pay attention to those emotions and, and, and get in touch with them, as I said earlier. And definitely go grab Aaron's book. It's really good. I I just finished it. And I guess the thing that I've learned from it is just to become aware of the emotions within me and know when I need to pull my own emergency break. I've begun to build into my calendar what I'm calling rejuvenation days. And these are days when I can just pause and check in with myself to simply be and I, I will admit, it's it's not easy. And my last one, frankly, I, I failed miserably, but I will do better next time. So go out to youremergencybreak.com and pick up your copy of the book. It's, it's really good. And I know that you'll gain a lot from it. And if you want to get in touch with Aaron, it's aaronhalicki.com. And that's A-R-I-N-H-A-L-I-C-K-I.com. And get in touch with her there through her website. I will definitely make sure that that is in the show notes so you can uh, pick that up there. But make sure that you share the episode with somebody that came to mind as you were listening. Whoever needs to to hear this message, if you if you ask yourself who needs to hear this message, share it with that person that comes up for you. And of course, subscribe, rate and review the podcast so that we can reach more leaders and more business owners who really understand the power of growth for their teams, themselves and their companies. So until next time, stay in that growth space and be well. Mm-hmm.